0: hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Vera Shafiq podcast real and relevant discussions on business marketing technology and digital I'm your host Vera Shafiq and I talk to people in business and marketing who care about doing marketing the right way and want to be proud of the work they do Thanks for listening, please subscribe and review, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, 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 it's been a hot minute since my last episode, and uh, I'm back on track. This is season two, and uh, a lot has happened since then. Of course, we've all been through a global pandemic, and thank goodness they're coming out the other side with lots of hope. Vaccines are now being rolled out, and it looks like we're in the home stretch. So, lots to look forward to on that front. Lots also to look forward to on the in the marketing world, as we've seen tons of changes there over the past year as well. Uh, Direct to consumer, e-commerce, privacy, even blockchain technology has developed, and cryptocurrency and all that good stuff is now more popular than ever, and I'll cover some of those topics in future episodes. But um, today, I want to talk about something that I believe hasn't changed with marketing, and that is what I call my marketing flywheel of success. And so I'm kicking off this season with a discussion on my three cornerstones of digital marketing success that I created as a high-level blueprint, if you will. So recently, I wrote a blog post on my website, verashafiq.com, and the blog post was titled The Digital Marketing Flywheel of Success. And I'll include a link in the show notes for the the post, but included in that post is a graphic that I think you might find useful to refer to. It's a very simple graphic that I created, but kind of gives you an idea of what this whole episode is about. So um, check that out if you want. Uh, The graphic shows a triangle, and each corner of the triangle represents a crucial aspect of digital marketing strategy. So the three points of the triangle are technology, customer experience, and digital marketing. And in my opinion, if any point of that triangle is removed, then the engine loses momentum. So I I think there's a magical synergy between those three cornerstones and you're, you're always going to see overlaps in each of these areas. So they're not distinct silos, but they, I do believe that they are three kind of, um, pillars to successful strategy. So when I tackle any marketing initiative, I base my strategy on this structure and, um, this is how I engage that, that flywheel phenomenon. Uh, And I think it applies to all marketing initiatives, big and small, whether that be B2C or B2B. So I believe that if you follow this framework, it will automatically push you towards an omni-channel strategy. Uh, What do I mean by omni-channel? Well, to stay ahead, brands have to now present a seamless, consistent voice and message across all of their channels and devices, whether that be online or offline. So we're, we, we're including physical storefronts, social media channels, digital ads, direct mail, billboards, anywhere else that you can imagine that a consumer is going to have an interaction with your brand. All channels need to be linked by data, and um, this will create the, the all-encompassing strategy, which we know as omnichannel. So why is omni-channel better and w- w- what makes us think you know it does? What it, what's the proof here? Well, according to a survey by Epsilon, they said that the engagement rate was 18.96% on omni-channel versus 5.4% on a single channel. Purchase frequency was 250% higher on omni-channel versus single, single channel strategy. Average order value, was 13% more per order on omni channel versus single channel. And customer retention rates were 90% higher for omni channel versus single channel. So those are pretty significant numbers. Um, and, you know, there's no reason why we, we should be continuing in silos here. We need to really stretch ourselves and work towards that omni channel strategy. But anyway, going back to the three points of my triangle. Let's start with the first one, which is technology. So the technology that we use in our marketing strategy and the architecture of the marketing technology stack really applies to small, medium and large businesses. Um, and getting this right is a foundational element of the overall plan and is is integral to success. So each year, um, you probably know that uh, Chief Martech, who is headed by Scott Brinker, um, and I interviewed Scott on season one of this podcast, he releases a Martech landscape infographic that depicts all of the tech solutions that are available to marketers broken out into about 50 different categories. So at the last count, they were about actually, there were over 8,000 technology solutions on this graphic. And the 2021 update is due to be released anytime soon. So I'll put a link in the show notes to the 2020 infographic, and then look out for the 2021 update um, on his blog. So, you know, as I mentioned, the number of choices of technology solutions are so many and so diverse. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned, 50 different categories have been identified by Scott and his team. And some of these categories include search and social, influencer, display and programmatic advertising, mobile marketing, ABM, which is account-based marketing, CRM, which we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, agile and lean management, uh, CDP, which we'll also talk about a little later, content marketing, SEO, and the list goes on. a lot of solutions, a lot of different platforms are available. Uh, let's talk about some of the key technology software solutions that when selected correctly, can make all the difference in the success and scalability of our marketing game plan. Well the obvious one is CMS, which is your uh, customer, uh, sorry your content management system. Um, so you know what comes to mind here is something like um, a WordPress platform where you build your website or if you're an e-commerce business then Shopify but it's really the platform on which you build your website presence. Uh, Obviously you got to make the right choice there because you got to make sure you're thinking ahead future-proofing your business and making sure that this platform is going to work with all of the other platforms that you select to be part of your MarTech stack. The next important technology solution, in my opinion, is CRM, and that's customer relationship management. This is where we keep and manage all of our customer data. It's really important to have a clean, healthy list of customers and prospects and really to understand who they are so that we can build deeper and more meaningful relationships with them. We're seeing a whole lot of privacy changes this year and going into 2022, including the Apple iOS 14 changes, the deprecation of third-party cookies, and these make it even more imperative that we focus on our first-party CRM data. So we'll talk a lot more about that in a future episode. Some examples of CRM solutions are Salesforce, HubSpot, NetSuite, Pipedrive, Freshworks, the list is endless. And again, you got to select that solution very carefully um, to accommodate your um, overall marketing technology stack. The next type of platform that I would highlight is automation technology. This is what connects our CRM to our uh, communications that go out to our customer lists. And it allows us to create automated emails, SMS, social media, or other advertising workflows that are based on the behaviors and actions of our contacts. So when I mentioned the need to build deeper and more meaningful relationships with our first party audiences, automation is the way we do this. We, using, you know, using automation technology, we're able to segment our audiences and send them personalized and meaningful messages. Uh, An example of this would be, for example, a B2B example, a group of contacts. We're going to create a group who have attended more than two of our webinars, and then we're going to send them emails that follow a lower funnel sequence because we know that they're closer to converting. And then we can create another group or a segment of contacts who have visited our landing page but have not become a lead yet, and we can serve them a slightly higher funnel sequence that nurtures them into perhaps attending one of our webinars. So that's just a a random example, but we we can and we should put a lot of thought into these types of segmentations and workflows to give our prospects and customers a quality experience. So already we can see how this technology point of the triangle is bleeding into the customer experience point and how it ties into the overall flywheel that we've been talking about. So what are some examples of marketing automation platforms? Well, the ones that come to mind are HubSpot, Marketo, Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, Infusionsoft, and Acton. But again, there are so many, and you want to do your research and make sure that you select the correct solution for your needs. Next on my list of essential technology platforms is something that's probably less commonly talked about, but I think is going to be more and more talked about as we go forward. And that is CDP. CDP stands for customer data platform. And it's another tech solution that, like I said, is becoming more popular with the movements that we're seeing towards data privacy. So CDP allows us to create unified customer profiles across our offline and online channels. And it uses anonymous as well as known PII, personally identifiable information and uses mostly first party data. But the key here is that we're creating a 360 degree profile of our customer audiences in kind of one vision or one view. Uh, And these platforms are going to grow even more in popularity as marketers chase that nirvana of omnichannel and, um, you know, the consistent and personalized experience through the customer journey on all screens, devices, channels, digital and offline. You know, as we talked about, CDP is going to play a super important part in that uh, quest. So there are, as I mentioned, many other technology solutions available to us as marketers, and I'd encourage you to take a look at the MarTech landscape infographic for ideas and inspiration on this. But the point is you should use tech to supercharge your company's performance and your Market tech stack so that it will be unique to your company's needs and goals. The other last thing I'd recommend on the topic of technology is to eliminate waste from your technology stack. So before you start an initiative to build up your stack and you know add more components to it, I I highly recommend cleaning up the stack removing any software platforms that do duplicate work or that aren't being used. And you'll be surprised how much money you're going to save just by cutting out all that excess uh, waste. And really, you know, there's a lot of fluff that you're going to find in there. So to do that, take that step first and then think about building out your technology stack. Now let's talk about the second pillar or the second point of the triangle, which is customer experience. This is so, so important. And we all know that as marketers, but since the pandemic, we have seen changes in customer behavior. And again, this reflects on the way we need to pivot and adapt our customer experience uh, strategy. Um, It's not only because people are spending approximately 30% more time in front of a screen or device, or that they're buying 10 to 25% of their goods online, But also the types of spending and buying patterns have changed. The things that our customers are buying have changed uh, since the pandemic. So we want to be wherever our customers are, online and offline, right? And we want to make it super simple for them to interact and transact on their preferred platform. According to a study by JP Morgan, they found that general e-commerce sales have gone up since the pandemic, and US e-commerce now can accounts for 16.1% of all sales, which is up from 11.8%, with some brands like L'Oreal seeing 25% of all of their sales online. Um, People are switching to online channels to buy everything now from electronics, to clothes, to groceries and food. And we, we know that, we've seen it. But again, this is part of our job as marketers to provide a seamless customer experience in these areas. The other thing that we've seen a rise of is uh, M-commerce. So uh, M-commerce is the act of doing business or purchasing a product on a smartphone, a mobile phone. And that is, um, you know, as distinct from someone going on their desktop and purchasing, you know, something on a desktop. But, you know, the now people are actually very comfortable with just whipping out their smartphone and making a purchase right there and then. And uh, 67% of e-commerce sales are now done on a mobile phone. So again, part of the customer experience, we need to take note of that and make sure that our mobile-first experience is optimized, you know, fully functional, and friction-free. We often think of customer experience as a B2C thing, but really it's just as important in B2B marketing. So. Um, McKinsey did a study specifically for the B2B domain and the study revealed that B2B customers are now more open to transacting online than they were before the pandemic. So their study shows that more than three quarters of buyers and sellers say they now prefer digital self-service and remote human engagement over face-to-face interactions. This is a sentiment that has steadily intensified even after lockdowns have ended. But self-serve and remote interactions have made it easier for buyers to get information, place orders, and arrange service, and customers have enjoyed that speed and convenience. Only about 20% of B2B buyers say they hope to return to in-person sales, even in sectors where field sales models have traditionally dominated, such as pharma and medical products. And it's not just the smaller B2B purchases that customers are comfortable with now on making online. Uh, Notably, 70% of B2B decision makers say that they are open to making new, fully self-serve or remote purchases in excess of $50,000, and 27% would spend more than $500,000. So again, that study by McKinsey is very eye-opening, and it shows us that even in the B2B space, Online purchases and transactions are becoming the norm. And it doesn't really matter the size of the transaction anymore. Uh, People are really comfortable with doing that. And again, we need to cater to that and make sure that the customer experience is truly adapted to those needs. So understanding our customers' changing preferences and adapting to them in the way that we cater to them is a key to providing a great customer service. And this all ties back to the mantra of listen to your customer. So how many times have we heard that spoken, all right, in in our marketing careers? And it truly is. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but it truly is what we need to be doing in order to provide that A-plus customer experience. So here are some other examples, uh, you know, day-to-day examples of of what does listening to your customer mean. Give them uh, their preferred method of payment on your e-commerce site, you know, whether that be PayPal, Apple Pay, credit card, three easy payments. Provide everything because we know that people shop differently. People have different ways of making transactions. So that's one way of listening to our customer. Um, number two, pay attention to comments and reviews, listen to what people are saying on social media, on posts and on ads and respond and respond to those comments, um, not only with words, but also with actions. So if our prospects are asking us for, um, a handbag in pink that we do not offer in that color, and you know, we're getting several comments a day saying, Hey, I wish you had this in pink, then maybe it's time for us to make that. That person, pink, right? Um, it's just just about listening and taking note and being receptive, being empathetic to our customers' um, views, or is the word empathic? I'm not sure. I never know whether it's empathic or empathetic. But anyway, showing empathy towards our customers. Number three, um, using data and analytics to track our customer behavior and identifying points of friction. So you know we know that. A really good website experience is somewhere where our, our consumer can go from A to B to Z to, to conversion without any kind of friction, without any kind of problem or objection. And you know we can, we can use data to see where friction is happening on our websites. We can use tools such as Hotjar to do screen recordings and heat mapping and see where things are dropping off. And then we can go and fix them on the website. So again, see how this is all tying in to the three points of the triangle. We're talking about customer experience, but we're also talking about technology such as Hotjar um, or you know, there's also Crazy Egg out there. There's Lucky Orange. These are all types of technology that allow you to monitor and record what people are doing on your website. Number four, uh, do a p- post-purchase survey. So this is something people don't often think about because once they get the conversion, you know, that's it. They, they kind of clean their hands of it and they're on to the next prospect. But, you know, looking at what people are thinking of and saying after they purchase your product or service is just as important. So you can put an automatic pop-up on your website to trigger off this post-purchase survey. Um, Shopify offers several plugins which you can use to do this. Um, and there's, there's several, again, ways to do this through technology, but, um, ask your customers what they loved about the experience, what they disliked about the experience. There's so many questions that you can ask them in this post-purchase survey. Um, and then also give them a really good experience after the sale. Uh, don't forget about them. Retention is just as important as acquisition. Think about customer service. Think about upselling and cross-selling to help your your customers get even more value from your brand. Uh, Think about advocacy, how we can drive them to refer our product or service to their friends and their family. So these are all part of the gold standard customer experience. And finally, the third and last element that drives the flywheel of digital marketing success, and that is digital advertising. So digital advertising in a nutshell is all about getting the word out. You can't scale your business quickly enough if you don't advertise. It's been pay to play for a long time now, and there's just no getting away from that. We know that organic reach on social media is down to the single digits. So when you post organically on Facebook or Instagram, uh, out of the people that actually follow you, probably three to 4% of them are actually seeing your messages So while we still need to keep that solid presence up on our organic social media channels, we also need to be in the paid advertising game to get reach and scale. And it's all about getting attention. It's about creating desire. It's about generating demand and then generating sales, of course. So part of this is looking at our advertising strategy as a full funnel strategy And while we know that the funnel is no longer linear, so, you know, think of the diagram that we've seen through our lives and our, our careers as marketing professionals, the diagram of the funnel that starts wide at the top and gets narrower to the bottom. While that funnel is no longer just as straightforward as awareness, consideration, decision, and then conversion, you know, people are now hopping back and forth, going to different channels, going to different devices. It's still something that we need to to use and be aware of when we run our marketing strategy and our digital advertising strategy. So full funnel is super important. We need to include retargeting as part of our strategy. Um, and we talked about omni-channel and the ways that we can enhance the omni-channel experience by crafting, um, you know, our, our strategy towards all of these uh, interactions with our brand. Well, with digital advertising we really want to craft our storytelling and sequencing across channels, devices, and screens. So what this looks like is serving the correct frequency of messages and brand interactions and sequencing them so that each subsequent message is a continuation of the previous one, right? No matter what device screen or placement that that prospect is looking at the message on. And again, I'll cover this uh, in another episode, but it's super fascinating how you can do this and you can create these really compelling stories which follow the user from one device to another, from one channel to another, almost seamlessly to where they don't even remember the last time they viewed a message from your brand. So with with your advertising channels, uh, you wanna test and learn and you want to Try out new channels, new audiences, creative formats, and messaging. Test and learn is again, an imperative part of the digital advertising strategy, and it will keep you growing and scaling as a business. So we all know that new digital channels are popping up all over the, all over the place. Uh, since COVID, we've seen the rise of TikTok and Clubhouse. The question is, are these right for your business, right? Does your ideal customer spend time there? If you're not sure, then test them. If you know for sure with the data that, you know, no, we have a very small percentage of target audience on these platforms, then don't waste your time there. Go to the low-hanging fruit platforms and conduct your digital advertising there. With digital advertising, it's all about understanding where your ideal audience is, right? So you want to meet them there and then, and Digital advertising is the fuel that accelerates and scales your storytelling by reaching your audience and giving them a reason to know, like, and trust you. So we all know the KLT aspect of digital advertising, which is know, like, and trust. Um, And and what the, the advertising piece empowers you to do is to build a tribe of fans and advocates and eventually evangelists, right? And it's imperative to get that reach, to get that scale. We talked about nurturing our prospects and our customers with customized and personalized messaging using automation technology. So again, see how this all fits in to the flywheel. No one point of the triangle is, it works itself in a silo, right? It, it all interacts and works together as one big machine or engine. So I hope this helped you to crystallize how the three cornerstones of technology customer experience, and digital advertising, when leveraged together in harmony, will drive momentum for your marketing programs. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did like what you heard, please subscribe to catch more episodes, And I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review and share with your friends and colleagues. Visit my website at verashafiq.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Clubhouse, or send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time.